keen fishermen or fisherwomen amongst us. Come on, stop. Now, you look like a keen. Rob is, Rob is, but he's not here today. I know, but so let me tell you a story about a man who was a phenomenal fisherman. Okay, this is a good joke for you, Natalie, to repeat. He was so good that his fame spread far and wide. Even every when everyone else was only catching two or three fish a day, he would come back with two or three hundred fish a day. Eventually, the local wildlife and licensing officer decided to investigate because it sounded too good to be true. On a certain day, the wildlife and licensing officer showed up to this man's front door and he identified himself and asked if he could go fishing with him. And the man was very agreeable to that and off they went to the lake. When they got to the boat, immediately the officer noticed that something didn't seem right. The man didn't have any fishing rods or bait but, and he didn't have any tackle box with him either. All he had was a small duffel bag and a net. So off they went, chatting about this and chatting about that, until the man manoeuvred the boat into the middle of the lake. And without a word, he turned off the outboard motor, reached into the duffel bag and pulled out what looked like a great stick of dynamite. Before the officer, before the officer could say anything, he lit, the, he lit the dynamite stick and threw it into the water and it exploded with a mighty roar and stunned the fish by the dozens as they floated on the surface. The man calmly started the boat and began to scoop up and gather the fish in his net. The wildlife officer said, now see here, this is highly illegal. But the man just laughed and steered the boat to another part of the lake. And he did the same thing with a second stick of dynamite. And sure enough, more fish floated to the surface. By this time, the wildlife officer had seen enough. And he said, mate, you've broken so many laws, I can't begin to count them. The man just laughed and pulled out another stick of dynamite. The officer kept talking. This is illegal possession of dynamite and illegal detonation of a dangerous material and disturbing the peace and about half a dozen other uh, uh, indictable offences. While the officer was talking, the man calmly lit the stick of dynamite and handed it to the officer. <laughs> As he did, he asked him the question that every fisherman always asks. Are you going to talk or are you going to fish? <laughs> and that's really the problem with evangelism, isn't it? Too much talking and not enough fishing. We're good at talking, but we're not so good at fishing. Most of the time we act as if Jesus said, follow me and, I, and we'll talk about fishing for people. And so we might have read books, we might have watched a DVD perhaps, or a Facebook video, or we might have paid attention to a sermon like this one we're going to hear today. And some of us, we end up as experts about talking about fishing for people. We know how to bait the hook, we know what kind of law to use. Father Neil has often told us how we can fish for the loudmouth speckled atheist. And most of us have a tackle box full of partially memorised scriptures, some clever questions and maybe one or two very old Bible tracks. And yes, we're good at talking about fishing, but we're also good at we're also, we're also not good at actually fishing for people. We never or really get to the end. We never really get to, 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 to dip our line or make our lines wet. In fact, over the last 30 years that I have had been in pulpit ministry, I, I, could, I would dare to say that most Christians that I have pastored have felt vaguely guilty about the whole subject of evangelism because they know they should do it, 
but they don't know where to begin and how to do it. A Christian research group has discovered that 9 out of 10 people who attempt to explain what they believe to another person come away from that experience feeling as if they have failed. It's no wonder that we don't do much evangelism. It's, it's not fun to do something that makes us feel like we're a failure 90% of the time. And the same Christian research group concluded and said these words, despite the divine command to spread the word, many Christians redirect their energies into areas and activities that are more satisfying and in which they are more likely to achieve success. Now I can understand that. This quote does not take me by surprise this morning. To be frank, I do not possess the gift of evangelism. I say that, 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 without, I say that without hesitation uh, after being 36 years being a Christ follower. So, so don't get me wrong, I, I, have, I have done my fair share of witnessing. I have and I will continue to do my fair share of witnessing. Over the last 32 years I've been a minister and I have I've seen numbers of people come to Christ when I've shared the gospel with them. However, I can truly say that sharing my faith still scares me to death. It still scares me to death, but I always enjoy it when I finally get around to it. It's clear to me that I don't have the gift of evangelism. Others who are spiritually gifted in that area say things in a different way than I would. However, I'm telling you as one who is not gifted, that I am still willing to obey the Lord's command. Even though I'm not gifted, I'm still willing to obey the Lord's command. And it's right at this point that we come to one of the greatest paradoxes of the area of evangelism. Because there is a command to evangelise and there is a gift of evangelism. Jesus said, go preach the gospel to every creature. That's the command. And it's God's will for your life to do that, period. That's what God's will is. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. No Christian can wriggle off the hook from that command. We are all to do the work of evangelism. That is the work of spreading the good news about Jesus Christ wherever we go. But for most, for, for us, for, for most of us already, we, we know that command. We know that command, even though we aren't obeying it very well. But there's another side to the story. This is the paradox. And that is that there is a spiritual gift of evangelism, which some Christians have and others don't. So to, to be literal about it, it is a gift of being an evangelist. That's what the Bible talks about. It's not the gift of evangelism. It's a gift of being an evangelist. The people with the gift, people with this gift, have a unique ability to share their faith with other people. They are, they, they, they are certain members of the body of Christ. They are, the members of, they are members of the body of Christ who have the ability to present the gospel message clearly to non-Christians and to lead them to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you know someone like that, I would talk to them and I would study what they do. If you don't have the gift, talk to someone who has got the gift, find them, and study what they do, because there is a skill to it. Let me suggest three signs of a person who has this gift. Firstly, the person gifted in evangelism has an unusual burden for souls. Their burden goes beyond that which all Christians share. 
Secondly, the person gifted in evangelism has the unusual ability to share the gospel with others. It's like they find opportunities every day and in everyday life that the rest of us just pass up or we are oblivious to. And thirdly, the person gifted in evangelism sees unusual results. That, that is, people uh, come to Christ when they share the gospel with them, or people who have a, a backslidden heart, that they're, they're cold towards God in their heart. They re-engage and re in regenerative faith. So in the Bible, only one person is called an evangelist, and his story is found in Acts chapter 8. That's Philip. Philip has been one of the he was one of the first deacons in the early church. In addition to his deaconing gifts, God also gave him the gift of being an evangelist. We see this gift at work in two ways throughout Acts chapter 8. First, he went to Samaria and began to preach the gospel with results that multitudes came to Christ. Let's have a look in verses 4 to 8. It said, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Then he went to the desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. And along that way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch who was reading Isaiah chapter 53. He came along, got into a conversation with the eunuch, came alongside him, got into a conversation with the eunuch and shared the gospel from that very passage which led the eunuch to Christ. Now all the elements that were in Philip's encounter were, what we said, a focus on the unsaved, number two, the clarity of the preaching of the gospel, and number three, an impressive result in terms of people coming to Christ. So, the long and the short of all this is that when it comes to evangelism, all Christians are commanded to evangelise. But some Christians are both commanded and specially gifted. But what about the rest of us? What about the, the 90 to 95% rest of us? We are commanded to do the work of evangelism, but we don't have that spiritual gift. So how do we obey the command when we don't have the gift? And that's an important question because it applies to approximately, as I said, 90 to 95% of us. Most of us don't have the gift, and we're the ones who do a whole lot more talking than we do fishing, don't we? There's all kinds of simple approaches to evangelism that will work for uh, that will work for all of us who, who don't have this uh, special gift of spiritual gift of evangelism. The one that I like is the BLT method. You know what that is, don't you, BLT? Make a money. So, so, so I'm teaching this method to the men at Barwon Prison at the moment. So let, let's go through it. So the first one, B, build relationships with non-Christians. This is where all evangelism begins. It doesn't start with praying for someone to receive Christ. That's the end. And you might not get to do that. It doesn't start with inviting someone to church. That's the middle. Evangelism begins simply by making friends with non-Christians. And, 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 and making new friends is a skill 
that many of us have in church. We all have that. We all have the ability to make friends. And so what the problem is, we need to make friends with those who are lost. We all, as human beings, have the ability to make friends. So how do I build relationships with non-Christians? Can I say how I personally do it? Because all my friends are in church. <laughs> I personally do it. I go to the dog park. Everyone at the dog park has one thing in common, don't they? One common denominator. Mm-hmm. What is it, Graham? They've got a dog. You do it too, don't you? Yeah, Graham does it too. I go to the dog park. Everyone loves to talk about their dogs. And people are always friendly and they love to talk about their dogs. So I've built relationships with young people. I've built relationships with older people. All because I have a pretty cool dog. Graham has a cool dog. He has a, has a, has a very tall dog. <laughs> and so what happens is you can strike up conversations and it finally gets around to someone saying, what do you do for a living? <laughs> now you might do other things. Okay? I'm just saying I go to the dog park. That's one of my go-to places. It could be at your workplace. It could be with a co-worker. Uh, you could build up a, a quality relationship in that way. Whatever way you do it, as Christians, we should be building bridges towards non-Christians. Okay, so that's number one. That's the B. L, look for opportunities to talk to your friends about Jesus. That's the second step. It involves actually opening your mouth and saying something about the Lord. Now, I know that sounds very scary. It does. But there is a lot of ways that that might happen. One might be your friend might ask you a leading question. So say something. Say something. So you've got the B, the building relationships, and now you've got the L, looking for opportunities. And there's one more thing left, and then you've got, we've got our BLT all put together, and that's T. Take your friends to, to a non-threatening event where they might hear the gospel. Now, here's some of my advice. The Sunday service is often... Not the best place to bring uh, someone for the first time. It's 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 only you know it could be an option though, but it's it's I, I would say probably not the best option straight up. Sometimes it's just too overwhelming or too threatening because it's like coming into a family reunion and they're like an outsider. So don't feel like you have to start by pushing people to come on a Sunday morning. But it might be the only option you have. But there's other, there's other ways to do it. Now, I'm not saying don't do it. Don't, don't. You might, like I said, it might be your only option. And we don't want people and visitors to come. We do want, sorry, we do want people and visitors to come on a Sunday morning. So one of my friends who, who's involved in, in, in this sort of uh, BLT sort of uh, program, uh, he, he, he likes to invite people uh, uh, that he meets to the lunchtime concerts at St Paul's Cathedral. Tracy knows about those. Mm. And so he, he, it's, it's a bit of a day out, so he invites this new friend he's made over, over a couple of weeks or a month or so, and he invites them to this non-threatening way to go to a, a concert, a lunchtime concert in St Paul's Cathedral. And someone next then, so what that means is that person comes into a church building or a church setting, and often the music and the singing do have some sort of gospel orientation. And so... There are, and so there's so many ways to navigate the take part of the BLT. There's so many ways to navigate that plan. And so for what it's worth, there, there, there's a starting point for those 
who are serious about advancement. There's a, there's a starting point that you can use, the BLT method. Build relationships, look for opportunities to share the gospel, and take them somewhere where they will hear the gospel. It's very simple. Evangelism often seems so overwhelming that we don't ever get around to it, but it doesn't have to be that way this morning. So, Daniel chapter 12, verse 3 says these words. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. There is indeed a special reward for those who share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They shall shine like the stars throughout all eternity, and the glory that shines will far surpass the cheap glory of this tawdry world. So is there anything more wonderful than telling the good news to someone who does not know it? There's nothing more wonderful than that. There is nothing... Is there anything more ultimately rewarding that isn't? Once we have done it, we will ever be satisfied, ever be satisfied, will never and ever be satisfied with anything else. Now, it's true that most of us will never be like John Wesley, will never be like Billy Graham, and that's perfectly okay because God hasn't called you to be like them. Our call is just to give the gospel to those who will receive it and invite them to join us in God's family. In our gospel text, Jesus said, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Our part is to follow him, and his part is to make us fish for people. So I challenge you this week, this month, this year, to go ahead and put your hook in the water, put your line in the water, and don't be surprised if the fish are biting all over the place. So let's go fishing for people this week. Please pray with me. Lord, don't let us, we pray, don't let us go through out our lives as your followers, not fishing for people. Not doing what you have clearly called us to do, commissioned us to do and set us apart to do. Make us fishers of people, we pray. And we pray the fruit of our lives will be many other people. God, may it be so in each of our lives. May there be many people who are Christ followers because we have been intentional in fishing for people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.